All right, before we begin today's episode, we have our patrons over at Patreon. They are Greg Whalen, Daniel and Cara Lighting, Kelby Goodman, Zach Duran, Aperba, Rock the Green, Paul Campaneshi, Nate from Hanson Screen Printing, Lauren L., and of course, Andy Herbrandt. Thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. Uh, we are talking about a fantastic freaking... Uh, probably a staple. and it Probably is. one thing people know Milwaukee for. It's that skyline in, you know, piece that, uh, that it has to be there. You've got... Miller Park, uh, you know, the roof there, and then you've got the U.S. Bank building is huge, and then you've got this, the Hone Bridge. Yeah, and actually there was a lot of, like, weird things that happened, and, and actually this was given to us by a user, Tony, who, yeah. who sent us some of the, some information and some things to check out. This one was on our list. Finally covering it, I think it's a good time to cover it. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I take the Hone Bridge five days uh, a, a week, and um, there's a lot of tragedies that happen on this thing, too. Uh, aside from just you know a couple of the other you know failures that we'll talk about a little later on in the episode, but um, a very uh, very unique uh, topic to talk about, and I think everybody knows at least a little something about the uh, the Hone Bridge there. Uh, we also have great music today, Volcano Choir. Um, you probably know him, Bon Iver. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of a the, side project from from him. For for um, yeah, Justin Vernon of Bon Iver. Uh, this is kind of his additional thing i mean you can't stop music from flowing man um so we're gonna have a little bit of music from uh, volcano choir here later of course we've got a beer review and uh, we definitely have another edition of how many locals you wow <laughs> love it um so we're gonna we're gonna definitely jump down those uh, rabbit holes a little bit later um but right now let's uh let's talk a little bit about the old Hone Bridge, the Daniel Hone Memorial Bridge. Yeah, let's get over it. Let's, like, pass the grease in, like, their sales pitch we always do and go right into it, right? Yeah. Let's just do this. So the the bridge actually known as the Hone Bridge was actually the Daniel Hone Memorial Bridge. And it's obviously the tide arch bridge that connects Interstate 794 in downtown Milwaukee to the Lake Freeway across the Milwaukee River Inlet. And actually, if you get a chance to go down there, some really cool boats that always pass down there. There's a lot. There's a lot that uh, stay there harbor wise uh, for uh, just a couple days before they go back out on their trek. But there's cruise ships that come through there. Yeah. Some Um, old school like um, schooners and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Really cool stuff. So it was originally actually designed by a firm known as the Howard Needles Tammen and Bergendorf in 1975 actually won the American Institute of Steel Construction Award. Um, And, you know, the construction of the bridge lasted briefly. It was actually from 1970 to 1972 and actually didn't open until 1977. Wow. I mean, today we use it pretty much every day, especially a lot of us who live in the Milwaukee area. The bridge actually became the bridge to nowhere is kind of its nickname. Yeah. 
don't know why. It actually leads into a pretty sick city, and it also goes to Bayview on the other end. So it's yeah. a pretty sweet destination. Yeah, it really there. does connect. Ask me. The, the downtown back over to uh, Bayview and then into Cudahy. I mean, it. I, I don't think it's a bridge to nowhere, but... And you may have seen it actually in one of our favorite movies with uh, John oh, yeah. Belushi, the Blues Brothers, uh, where it was actually, yeah. before it was even finished, they had a car chase scene that was actually featured on the bridge. Yeah. So it's a, you know, it's a little piece of film history too here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Gotta love it. Dan Aykroyd. I mean, they do some really cool, uh, some really cool stuff in that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of the uh, the good uh, 70s artists are, you know, featured in that too. Aretha, um, Ray Charles. I mean, it's a really cool movie. Yeah, I would really love to know why they gave it the nickname The Bridge to Nowhere. Because, like, on the one end, you obviously got the downtown Milwaukee, Milwaukee area, which yeah. is freaking phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, we got our issues in every city, but, like, Milwaukee is a great it, city. But... And then, of course, you got Bayview. Yeah. Probably my favorite place. And the if whole I, Harbor District. If I, mean, I had money, I would live in Bayview. Like, yeah. it's totally our scene. It's like our it people. I mean, we know so many people there. Like, it's a lot kind of, of small like, clubs to be able to clubs, go to for music, too. Yeah, playing music. I mean, you know how we are with music. It's, it's great. And the home branch was actually temporarily closed on December 13th of 2000 after two of the three support beams of the lakefront span failed, causing the northbound lanes to buckle and sag about four feet, leaving the span in the near collapsed state. So it actually almost went all the way down and allowed trucks and vehicles go right down into Lake Michigan there. Wow. Yeah. And, and I mean, so shutting down traffic completely for that home bridge probably messed a it's lot of people's commutes probably, up too. It's pretty important piece of uh, commute for a lot it of people. It is, yeah. And the southbound lanes were actually restricted to one lane in each direction for about eight eight months while the damaged northbound span was reconstructed. reconstructed. And the remainder of the bridge underwent extensive rehabilitation and retrofitting. And two lanes in each direction were actually reintroduced back in October of 10th, 2001, and the bridge was reopened the following month. So in November, the bridge is back in 2001. But yeah. I remember this as a kid and on the news when it happened. Right. Yeah, there was definitely a lot going on with it. I mean, me and you were what, in like eighth or ninth grade at this time? Yeah, yep. Around 2001. I graduated yep. in 05, you were 06, 06 right? yep. yep. So it was around when we were kids. And actually, a total of $16 million was spent to demolish and replace the damaged section of the retrofit bridge that was actually fixed to yeah. replace this, which is not, you know, actually not a terrible mon- amount of money for a bridge of that size, to right. be honest with you. Yeah, and, and I mean, in today's dollars, I'm sure that's significantly different. But uh, yeah, apparently the experts believe that uh, what really caused that damage was improperly designed welds uh, between the, the lower lateral, lateral braces and uh, floor beams uh, along with a period of extreme cold and snow, which you're never going to get around here. But that's the that's the significant part about engineering these structures properly is you have to take in consideration elemental things, too. Yeah, you know? I mean, and when it comes to welds, I mean, you got to think about it. When you get negative 20 degrees, you kind of got to heat that metal before you start welding. Otherwise, it's not going to bond properly. Right. And so some of these measures probably weren't taken in as you, you know, in most places you can just kind of weld. It's just warm enough. Weld and, 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 and it'll go. stay, you know, the, the thought of, of, you know, of, of that, you know, probably just wasn't taken in consideration. I don't know where that firm is from that ended up winning the bid to be able to, to, you know, build the structure, but maybe they weren't from here. Maybe they yeah, weren't for from sure. the Northwest uh, or the, the Midwest or even in, you know, any colder States too that uh, maybe they, that just kind of slipped their mind. 
Yeah, so when the rehab happened, so a total rehabilitation of the bridge was nearly completed as of September 2016. In conjunction with the related construction, the I-794 and its interchange, the rehabilitation plan removed and replaced the bridge deck, other structures, and cleaning and repainting of the bridge of steel. The improvements are expected to extend the lifespan of the bridge to about 40 to 50 years. So all these improvements are going to, you know, you're going to see that yellow arch for a long time. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. The thought here uh, for that, that, really recent rehabilitation project um resurfacing cleaning the the steel and then putting you know rust inhibiting type uh paint and things on it in order for it to be able to last that long is huge um re re firming up uh, of of concrete that you know may have have been failing over the last you know that's almost 20 years since the last time they they did any major work on it so in 20 years, there's a lot of things that, that happen, a lot of stress and strain on that bridge. Uh, so really cool to, to have been around in the area when that project was going on. I was living down in Bayview uh, during that, that whole time. Really cool to see uh, the, the, the way that that bridge has uh, come such a long way in just this, you know, probably the last 10 years, um, including now the Light the Hone. Which is awesome a whole I mean, if new... you haven't seen it it's pretty awesome it's yeah. pretty amazing anytime you drive downtown now uh at night you'll see that the the hone actually has uh these lights on it that can be changed color wise to match different themes and uh one of them was uh when the bucks uh were, were you know winning the championship and they were going through that and that was lit up in bucks colors that whole time were they were they talking green and white? Are we talking like the red and purple? Like the green and white, and then they also had the the green purple when they would do the throwbacks. Oh, it was awesome. That's cool. They had the purple throwbacks. It was so that's rad, so dude. Cool. And then, um, for like Pride, uh, Pride Month, uh, they do uh the the rainbow colors. Then they do uh like the Packers stuff when when you know the Packers were in the playoffs. Crazy stuff, man. It just looks so ridiculously cool. You know what's so cool about this bridge and one of my fondest memories of going over this bridge is having my windows down, going over the bridge while Summerfest was going on. So if you, you don't know, it, yeah. when you're going right, it's on the right-hand side, kind of down below. Tom Petty was playing. Yep. When I was going downtown, it was kind of like later at night, probably on 7 o'clock. I just heard freaking, you know, some, some Petty going on. Running down a dream. <laughs> yeah, and I don't yeah. remember what song it was, but I remember hearing Tom Petty out the window as I was driving into Milwaukee, and I just thought it was like one of the coolest things. And one of my fond memories are one of one of my favorite memories of that bridge was actually at i think it was the 2005 or 2008 somewhere between 2005 and 2008 uh warp tour with you oh yeah that was a good time you're right underneath the home we, right underneath we parked right underneath it and uh one of the stages was set up right underneath uh, uh on the Summerfest grounds and it was a side stage and that was the one where we thought katie perry was going to be playing Oh, we like and, messed, and yeah, we yeah. went to the wrong stage, and then this we was, ended up seeing an awesome band. This was like early Katy Perry, though. This yeah. was like really. This early. was I kissed a girl uh, before it really hit like the pop radio. Even it was crazy. She was more of a alternative like underground. Almost, yeah, like almost pop. a YouTube sensation. More, it's yeah. more like a lesbian kissing chicks and stuff. And yeah, like, which it was we were pretty cool. cool. I mean, we're cool with that, right? Like we're yeah, we're into that. Absolutely. So we were like totally into it. So we wanted to see that. I think and whatever yeah, you do, cool. Yeah, and then we like ended up getting like right under the bridge. There was a band giving away CDs, like yeah. a local like pop punk band mm-hmm. who we featured on this show, I believe. I think so. Yeah, I believe we did. Uh, probably a hundred episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, I just don't remember who it was, but I remember we had a sampler, 
And yes. uh, we reached out to him and like, yeah, use our stuff, man. Because we, we thought it was cool because we got a free sampler handed out to I us. I remember that. They remember the, the whole time that you would be walking up to Summerfest, they had people standing on the corners with their Walkmans with a CD in it, and they would ha- hand you a he- like a pair of headphones to listen. They were like, Check please it out, listen yeah, to it. And then, you know, if you want it, you buy a, buy a copy or we've got this sampler that we're giving out for free. Really cool stuff. And the home bridge is kind of all right there. And like I said, uh, when you're when you're talking about the that Milwaukee skyline uh, art that people make, the home bridge is always featured uh, along with, like I said, that that Miller Park, the Brewers uh, baseball stadium. Uh, plus, like I said, the U.S. Bank building, which is our tallest Huge. building. Yeah. Um, Have you been on the top of that, by the way? That I was have. a pretty cool open doors in Milwaukee. Yeah, you guys haven't been. Yeah, you oh, said you went man. with your mom there. It was uh, so for, cool. Uh, that was a few years ago, obviously. But yeah, open doors is always the, one of the best opportunities to see some of the awesome architecture that Milwaukee has to offer. Uh, Russ and I have both part, uh, partook in that uh, a few different times. It's a really cool experience. You get to see buildings you wouldn't normally get to go into. Right, and in areas Milwaukee. of the building that you don't get to go into For sure. either. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. And, uh, you know, the Hone, again... It's a cool bridge. If you get a chance, just take a cruise over it. And I know that there's a lot of uh, um, other emotionally uh, charged things that happen on that bridge. A lot of suicides. Um, I know that there was uh, a huge push within the last decade to try to put up some netting or something to help people, you know, to to not be able to end their life. And and now really the only thing that's featured there that you that you see is there's a, a a metal sign posted on like three or four different parts of the bridge that say hey if you're having emotional help or if you need emotional help if you're thinking about ending your life here's the number to call you know please get some help i've never personally seen uh anybody like standing out on the on the bridge there's no walkway or anything on this bridge it's it's you know purely for motor vehicle traffic but um, apparently that's a thing. And, and, yeah. you know, the, the, the sad truth is, you know, uh, we, we need, we need to be able to, you know, have those resources, uh, you know, reaffirmed here in, in the United States, you know, and especially Wisconsin, man. I mean, you got, you know, like five, six months of, of, um, winter depression, man. Uh, and, and, you know, one of the ways to to get by that is to not, you know, you, you can't end it, man. Like, then you got, you know, six more months of cool stuff going on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, we all get, we all get sad. We all have anxiety. There's resources out there and uh, I hope you guys use them. And hey, if you want to hit us up and talk of you, have some issues, dude, me and Eric are the perfect people to talk to. We'll definitely help you out. We both have anxiety and, you know, we both have Struggle. issues with depression. I mean, we've all been there. We've all been in dark places. So don't jump off the Hone Bridge. I mean, yeah. just enjoy it for its beauty. And and, and don't drive know. drunk on the Hone either. We, we, we've had an article where somebody, like, ramped off of it. You remember that? Yeah. A long time ago, but we did talk about that. And and uh, I know I didn't know this person personally, um, but there was an individual uh, just, you know, maybe only four or five years ago uh, unfortunately he was driving over the bridge in the winter time with bald tires. Not a good idea. And it, and it, and he ended up passing away from, uh, from Dang. his truck driving off the, the hone. Uh, again, I didn't know this individual personally, so I'm not going to try to, uh, you know, it, I'm not going to spruce that up, you know, and play it up any, anymore, but it, just tragic stuff has happened, uh, that doesn't necessarily involve, uh, like a bridge failure or anything like that. Just be careful. Uh, the wind that goes over that bridge is crazy. Again, it is 
literally right next to Lake Michigan. The wind effect, uh, if that if that bridge has any sort of condensation on it at all, and it's cold, it is going to be an icy disaster. It sucks. Uh, but the other thing is, drive for the conditions, and uh, you know, you just do what you can in order to not be a statistic. I mean, the Hone Bridge is absolutely beautiful. I love the structure, and I think it's amazing seeing that included in all of the different uh, skyline uh, art that you see. Yeah, I mean, you go on one end, you know, you keep going a little further. You got, like, Discovery World, the Art Museum. You got a lot of cool things to see. You go on the other end, you got Bayview, which you got Palomino, Cactus Club. I mean, like, this is not a bridge of nowhere. I mean, both sides have amazing things that they offer. Amazing things, yeah. And uh, I recommend you guys go and take a look at it. I hope you guys found this fascinating. Um, It's pretty crazy that it sees about, you know, about 36,000 cars per day going over, which is pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. So. All right, so now on to our music segment. This is Wisconsin. Uh, this is a uh, a gentleman from the Eau Claire area, as Russ mentioned off mic here, uh, Justin Vernon, and he's most notably uh, from the band Bon Iver. And I mean, what can be said that hasn't already been said about Bon Iver? I, I mean, just like the music is just such well written. It's it's really impressive. That it comes from our state, you know. Yeah. Just a lot of feelings. Like there's a lot of good things that come from the music for me, at least emotionally. I've listened to it in you can dark just times. Hear the, just, yeah, the, feelings for sure. You can hear the the depth behind it. It's not just you know, here's a couple of stringed instruments and some drums and some words. It's there's a lot there. It's a really good uh, uh, piece of uh, musicianship. Now, uh, Volcano Choir is uh, an extension of Justin Vernon, uh, his own little side project. Yeah. Uh, so they you, only you, actually, know, you can't stop the music. You right, can't ever stop. The they music. only actually released two albums. They were formed in 2005. They had two albums. Um, we're talking about um, Unmap and Repave. We're yeah. actually featuring a song called Bygone from Repave, which is probably one of our favorites. Kind of a huge hit. I think it was actually on a show called The 100, if I remember Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It was kind of a big deal at that That's time. That's on Netflix, yeah. It is, yeah. And I don't think that show was ever finished. By no, the it never actually I think concluded. they kind of canceled it, but this song was actually featured on there. Um, and we're just really impressed. I mean, Wisconsin has probably the widest genres of music and probably some of the greatest talent. It's just... We're not LA, right? We don't have that population and right. you know, uh We're not we're not California, we're not New York. So the the two, you know, bigger metropolitan things known for, you know, their arts, we're not them. We've got great, you know, Midwest music. Obviously, Detroit is known as Motown, you know. Oh, for sure. Um you've got, you know, other areas, Nashville, amazing for the the country and early rock stuff that came out of there uh milwaukee uh has has some had amazing music come out of there that is huge you know yeah i mean luckily for like some of the bands that were discovered by la bands and other bands from like bigger portions like the psychedelic furs found violent femmes or you know so a lot of these bands were actually discovered by people coming to the milwaukee area but which is great i mean and and to have the world's largest music festival in milwaukee uh, you know, really helps Wisconsin out as well because y- you can't have a music festival without bands. And, you know, they can hire as many as they can from out of state and from bigger cities, but they also feature a ton of local talent, uh, a ton. And yeah. and those side stages during the day, I I urge you, if you don't go to Summerfest uh, and, and go to those uh, side stages, you know, sometime around noon, one, two, three o'clock, 
you're missing out. I oh, mean, there man. is some fucking great talent there. If you're only going there to see the five, seven o'clock and 10 o'clock bands, you're missing out. Yeah, for sure. Just straight up. And it's been a pleasure. You know, obviously working with Rock the Green, we got to meet a lot of these like bands that we never yeah. really would have got to meet. I mean, with my brother Monty, I met a lot of them. But Rock the Green has really helped us with the, some of the ones that are kind of like, Lindsay's I guess, great. prevalent today in our in our Wisconsin music. This one, obviously, I don't know if they're still making music because they only had a couple albums since 2005. But we know Justin But is. Justin, yeah, yeah. J- and uh, Bon Iver is obviously still going. So yeah. again, this one is Volcano Choir by Gone.
dude, Justin Vernon, I mean, Volcano he, Choir. Just incredible stuff right from our state of Wisconsin. Just nuts. Uh, again, you know, we were kind of talking as it was going on. Uh, we keep our channel muted, you know, while we're listening here. But um, that, that simplicity of that drums, of just the kick and then the double hit on the snare, uh, just kind of like a little offset. They're just mm-hmm. a little staggered with that. And then that one little crash. And that, that snare kind of pinches <sighs> to gets like, that snare comes back in and matches it again because yeah. it goes off. But It's amazing. Yeah, it's just incredible. And I'm, I'm proud that it comes from Wisconsin, obviously. Yeah. That's the whole podcast, I guess. Ama- amazing stuff, obviously. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, the, like that, like you just said, the podcast for us was always kind of centered around the idea that we have great music and we want to, you know, do something about it. <laughs> so yeah that and, and some beers so oh yeah speaking of beer yeah what are uh, we doing we got a beer review here so one of our another favorite of ours is 1840 they've been a really huge supporter of our podcast um whether it be giving us brews to try out and review yeah. or stickers you know, I mean, stickers just like all the new things coming out in the milwaukee area and uh, we've been a huge fan of the uh, Menominee River Valley area, kind of the Milwaukee downtown scene. Yeah, and they've been eighteen forties kind of, down in uh, Bayview, but it's um, they've kind of always been in that area. We've always kind of supported that area a lot because we we just know that area very well. It's kind of like where we centered the music play. Awesome, awesome old building that they're in too. That they've kind of rehabbed and made it like, I mean, open kind of industrial looking ceiling. I mean, the place is just phenomenal and. The beer they're cranking out there, man. The thing that I love about them the most is it's not like just straight up. Here's some. Here's a lager. Here's an ale. You know, they're cranking out some of the best, like odd, more more oddities that uh, taste great. Yeah, and like the bottle, like Eric has talked about in the past, but it's almost like a brown old school medicine bottle, which I always found really cool. Kind of sticking with that 1840s theme of probably how beer was actually served back then is like old because it was medicine. more like medicine, you know, exactly, uh, and snake oil kind of stuff, you know, sold out of the back of a covered wagon. And for me, you know, I'm a I love reading. Um, I read a ton actually, and I love the name because. The, the book Death of a Salesman, they've got a little play of words yeah. going on here called Death of a Palesman. Yep. And this is a New Zealand pale ale coming at 5.3% alcohol by volume. Freaking crazy. Freaking crazy and amazing. <laughs> Freaking crazyable. Dude. And, and so, <laughs> so I'm going to read off the can just so you guys can kind of hear what's going on here. Uh, this pale ale is absolutely saturated with New Zealand hop flavors, but in a light crushable package featuring two of our New Zealand hops. Uh this is Nectaron and Rewaka, which I've actually never used as hops. And no. these are brand new names for me. Brew with both flaked and honey malted oats for a fluffy mouthfeel, which you're mm. obviously getting. And I've always loved about their beers. They give you the batch number. You get the actual yes. batch that was made in. And our batch that we're drinking today is 221-268. And Eric, yeah. what are you thinking here? No, again, I mean, I think it's just a, it's a, um, it's an 1840, man. Uh, that's about as much as you can say it's always going to be top quality and it's always going to be delicious so can i can i first straight tell you guys so can't uh the cannabisier family actually has hops in it yes so cannabis you're talking hops and this one i'm getting like a dank ass fucking oh yeah hell yeah yep like i'm totally getting a little weed flavor from the new zealand hops i mean it's coming through you're getting a lot of the floral um from the cones the hop cones um, definitely like a dank flavor. 
you know, it, it tastes heavier than the ABV really is, though, to yeah. me. Because, like, this, this I would think would be, like, a 7.8 when you taste it, but it's really only a 5.3. Wow, yeah, exactly. And like you said, with the, um, in the same family, that hop family is still... I mean, just smell, um, just smell this bad dog. It's, though. I mean, it's, it's marijuana. Oh, yeah. Straight up dank All marijuana, day. dude. I mean, yeah. straight up dank. It, I mean, and, and you know, the, the similarities and, and how it's the, in that same family is, uh, is crazy. And some beers, you can smell it or, or see the hint a lot more. Um, just amazing you're yeah. right though these are these are two new hop varieties i've actually never had like new zealand hop wise but i think you know like maybe next time i make a smash up i'm gonna have to split these up and really get the flavors try that out yeah, yeah i really exactly. would like to know like what each individual one has because these are both new flavors to me you're getting a lot of that citra grapefruit that citrus grapefruit on the back note you're getting that marijuana smell when you crack the can it's like holy shit dude yep like, it's dank right out of the right out of the bottle i mean the you know that little puff of air that comes out when you crack it open has got a beautiful aroma to it it, yeah, it really is it really floral yeah it has floral it has a little bit of like tropical kind of grapefruit kind yeah. of citrus notes to it um obviously when i opened it right away i got a, a hint of the like weed right yeah, away you're like who's here i was like oh shit eric what are you what are yeah, you, what are you doing man? Here, bud <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy it, it's, I mean, it's very good beer i mean 1840 what else can you expect that's what i'm saying i mean i've I have yet to be uh, shocked by, uh, you know, and I see their, their, you know, the puns of the, you know, Death of a Palesman uh, cashmere sweater that yeah, they also yeah. make uh, that's written in the Seinfeld font. We had another one that was written in the, the Simpsons font. It was like oh, yeah. bootleg something. Just amazing quality stuff. And they're thinking of it in, in all directions. They want to be able to market it cool with that relatability of using fonts and logos and and funny names but then they're also putting uh, a amazing product inside the, the bottle as well yeah you get like that vintage feel and then like eric said i mean we talked about the home bridge day which is pretty awesome because this is right over in bayview there actually yeah. on ward street i yep. believe is where they are yeah and and um the the other thing is they've really set themselves apart because uh, as russ mentioned each bottle looks like an old school medicine brown bottle, you know, big, thick, wide body on it. And then, you know, just up to a normal size bottle top. Honestly, I, I could see these in a wagon coming through town, like in the 1800s with like a guy with like a slick suit on, like a nice hat, little sweet handlebar mustache. Be like, ah, she come on over, yeah. check it out. Come over here. This will cure all your stuff. If you got <laughs> diarrhea, this will give, this will, will probably give you also diarrhea. But if, uh, you, if you got wild doodos, I might be able to help you out. Like, <laughs> hop in the back. Yeah. So. <laughs> Buy some of these. But, yeah, yeah again, this is 1840 uh, Death of a Palesman. Go and check this one out. Eric, again, is this another Sendix? It's we've a been Sendix hit, fine, we've been We've been really hitting the Sendix hard lately because they've just had amazing beers that you can't find anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and again, uh, I think they do a great job of, of uh, finding that local uh, aspect and making sure that they have enough of that stuff in their selection because, obviously, they've got all that uh, – you know macro stuff too this these great huge you know breweries but they also have these you know really cool local micro things too so great job grab a seat gather around join us for a chat how many locos you have all right folks do we got one again for you today it's the old segment we like to call how many locos you at 
And yeah, this one is another one coming from uh, Rock County, I believe. And uh, I mean, the mugshot. Looks, he looks like Rock County. Yeah, he, dude, he's mad dogging right now. Like this guy has like the meanest face. He looks like he's gonna be like, oh, I'm tired of giving Blumkins. Yeah, and he's got a sick chain. You know, nice. Uh, probably got it at State Fair. It's probably fake. It's got green marks underneath it. I'm assuming. Yeah, it's not a real ice, brother. Nope. Yeah, that ain't going to pass. So what do we got here? Well, this guy is 40 years old, uh, and he is charged with his eighth OWI. We call that the Ocho. Ocho. And uh, this guy is from Janesville. He was arrested early Tuesday morning, accused of his eighth. Uh, and this was about 12, 10 a.m. An officer saw a vehicle speeding through a residential area, pulled the driver over, but then the guy drove off. Never pretty, a good idea. Pretty I classic mean, here. You know what? know what? The guy, they already have your license plate number. You're not going to get off oh, yeah. or anything. You're done, I mean, yep. at this point. so Yeah, they, they have everything they need to be able to find you. Uh, and, and don't worry, they're going to... They're gonna continue pursuit. Like that's yeah. Wisconsin's you're not getting away. You're, state, you're, you're so. pretty much done. Um, a high risk traffic stop was eventually conducted near the intersection of Mineral Point Avenue and North Walnut Street. The driver was detained without incident, and uh, the driver submitted to one standardized field, standardized field sobriety test and then refused to perform the others. I'm sure it's because he probably couldn't, and he, he was do, really upset. He didn't do a great job in the first one. Yeah, which the first one is generally the eye test, which is where they hold a pen and then they move it to the left and right, and they tell you, only follow this with your eyes. Don't move your head. And a lot of people fail at that when they're drinking. So a uh, preliminary breath test also confirmed the... Uh, the impairment of the driver. So, um, well, actually, it says that it, the impairment was not alcohol related. I think there was some alcohol involved, but I think, I think other, there was alcohol involved. I think there's involved, other chems hitting the system, too. So. Wow. So, uh, officers checked O'Connor's driver's license and found a valid driving status, but seven prior OWIs. How, how does that work? How do you get a valid with seven? Right. It's pretty crazy. And he has a uh, .02 uh, level uh, restriction, which is like the, which is yep. the standard, right? Uh, and he was supposed to have an interlock uh, device on his ignition as well. I don't think he had one. Um, he was also on active community supervision through the Department of Corrections, so that means that he's probably on. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily that he's got a probation officer or if he someone's is checking actually in on him from like Huber. Someone's checking on him. Yeah, let's just throw that. So. Out. A blood test was performed uh, for evidentiary chemical testing, but tests are still pending at this point. Like so I said, we're, we're this talking, just happened. We're talking some dark shit. We're, we might have to get out their calculators and do some mathematics. Yeah, this is going to be a, a real mathematical situation okay. here. <clears throat> so uh, he's currently in the Rock County Jail, uh, still awaiting an initial appearance in court, but he is charged currently with operating while intoxicated, eighth offense, failure to obey traffic uh, officer, uh, fleeing and uh, parole violation. Not good. Nope. Not a, not a good sitch. So yeah, we've got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff here, but the one big takeaway is uh, he's got a history, and I think you know where my mind always goes with uh, with history involved. You know, I, I think that this guy has a really high tolerance, and he uh, I think he overestimates every single time what he's able to do. Uh, and and then fails miserably. 
I think, you know, what well, he, he doesn't realize what he's in for. He's going to get a musty walrus. Let's just throw it out there. It's a little inside joke going on here. Yeah. But uh, he's going to get a musty walrus inside of jail. I mean, he's he's messed up. I mean, he's 40 years old. He's messed up. <laughs> he, he definitely messed up this situation. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, like, he's definitely in some trouble here. I, I'm guessing it's either meth or the other harder drugs going on here. So we got to kind of do a conversion again like we've done in the past. And Eric, yeah. you kind of have a pretty good conversion rate for this, don't you? I'm pretty good at it. You're pretty decent at the meth matters. Yeah, I always... Uh, let me just... That's her computer over there. Yeah, right? that's the high-tech uh, right, unit over there. Right. Uh, it's made by uh, Texas uh, Meth Instrum- Instruments. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, yep, Methics so instrument. I came up with it. Oh, what do we got? Why don't you take a stab at it, and I'll tell you what it is. So this guy, for me, I mean... They don't have any alcohol in the system. He's messed up enough where he can't perform the things. I was going to go 18 loco. You hit it right on the head. Okay. I was going to go 18 loco. That's kind of what I was thinking. So this guy, like, I don't know why he's mad dogging right now, though. Like, that's my question. Like, why would you mad dog when you know you're in trouble? I mean, yeah. He's pissed for no reason. He did this all himself. He literally looks like a kid that goes in a room and pouts and goes... (laughs) Like doesn't you didn't give me the candy bar I wanted. Yeah, and it, like isn't that his total face right now? It's like literally a huff and puff in the it corner. Is. No, you're right. You he hit fucking it. Fucking wuss. You hit it right on the head. <laughs> he, he literally just looks like a child who's angry. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I think 18 was kind of my going. I'm glad you were kind of in the same boat as I was. I I mean, yeah. I'm not the best mathematical formulator, but no, like, and and you know, it's uh, that's a good thing that we just have this computer over here that does all the stuff for us, and we got freaking R two, Eric two, yeah, <laughs> 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 oh yeah, the old uh, Eric two Sturge D two Sturge D Sturge Eric. D. <laughs> so uh, yeah, eighteen is eighteen local is a great number. number for this guy. I think Eric, I think Law and Order's in order here. So uh, yeah, he's the gavel will sound, and in the court of Wisconsin drunken history, he has been officially uh, crack the hammer. All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch watch out for deer deer on your way home. home.